Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is episode 20, and I am your host, Brett. And with me, as always, is the person who brings me the greatest pleasure in life to be around. (laughs) Crystal, how have you been this week, Crystal? I'm much better than I was 24 years ago on this date. Oh, really? You remember what was happening then? I think we were playing cards. <laughs> no, I think right now we were on the way to the hospital because I was about to give birth to our firstborn child. Yes, Ethan. So, he was a monumental event in our life. <laughs> in our lives, yes. To have so, our, happy birthday to yes, Ethan. Happy birthday to Ethan. Born March 18th. March 18th. So the day after St. Patrick's Day. Well, it was 1.59 a.m., so we're almost there. He almost made it there. Yeah. You know, he tries real hard. All of our kids are born close to holidays, except for Kirsten. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Elijah was due on uh, Halloween, and Kylie was one day before the 4th of of July. July. And And Ethan was supposed to be St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) And you were almost born on Christmas. Yeah. And I was born in an inconsequential date that uh, in the (laughs) middle middle of of May, May. (laughs) it probably is related to some kind of birthday to some horrible dictator from 100 years ago or something. (laughs) Yeah, you're hanging in a square day. So you can find us online if you go to our website at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or to www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on our social media accounts if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Once again, you're supposed to say it with me and you didn't. Oh, sorry. And LinkedIn. You, You read them out of order. That threw me off. Well, I just like to say it in that way. You left off YouTube. Well, I haven't got to it yet. Well, I put it second, so. And YouTube. (laughs) So please go look at us on YouTube. You can see how beautiful we are in our brand new Scary Savannah and Beyond attire. I know. We got new merch. Yeah, you can see that uh, she's got on the three-quarter sleeve raglan shirt. Raglan. And I'm wearing a t-shirt and uh, the snapback hat, which I think is really cool. And we've got... Various other things like coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Yes, you know it. So go to YouTube and search for Scary Savannah and Beyond. Our channel will pop up and you can go listen to our video podcast extravaganza and not just the audio voice podcast extravaganza. You can see my awesome St. Patrick's Day sunglasses. Yes, we are are actually actually, recording it on St. Patrick's Day in Savannah, Georgia. And she took those glasses from somebody on the beach today. <laughs> Literally, someone on the beach She's gave like, it. Here. Well, I knew her, but. Traded glasses with yeah, me. Yeah, we're switching back like tomorrow. Knew. So we would like to thank Tammy J, Tommy W, and Story S for purchasing some great items this week. They picked up some coffee mugs and a tote bag. Yeah. So we're going to have our equipment and our gear Sported around the the entire Southeast (laughs) at the moment until you buy something. (laughs) So we would definitely appreciate that. If you would like to check it out, you can find it on our store. And speaking of merch, we're going to start doing a monthly giveaway. Absolutely free. All you have to do is answer three questions that you can find the answers to in our previous episodes Then go to our website and fill out the form that you will be able to find with your answers. Then go to our latest YouTube video, hit that like button, 
and then leave us a comment. Make sure in your comment you say, I entered, so that we know to look for it. And also make sure to subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And what will they win? They can win either a t-shirt like this one in your or the black one in your choice of color. We have a bunch of different colors we can let you choose from. Or one of these stunning coffee mugs. Whichever it is you prefer. Yeah, I love these. It also comes in black. Yeah, we've got yellow and where it's yellow here, it can be black. So if you want a chance to win a free shirt or a free coffee mug, your choice, just go check that out on the form on our website. There will be a tab up at the top that says giveaway. Also, thanks to Emily D for buying Crystal not one, <laughs> but five coffees. I have to share with you. Yes, and I'm drinking coffee right now yeah, that you're sharing. I brought with you me. some. Yes, you notice I don't usually drink coffee. I even brought episode. you a coffee Coke. So she she yeah, really helped did. us out. Mm-hmm. We both really appreciate your support. It's super easy to do for anyone else that may be interested. Just go to our website, scarysavannahandbeyond.com. And on the bottom left corner of your screen, you'll see a yellow coffee cup emblem. And I ask you, please make sure you keep this lady in coffee (laughs) because I cannot afford it myself. You can find us on Patreon if you'd like to support us that way at patreon.com forward slash scarysavannah. And for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep us running with the podcast and this great content that we bring to you week after week. Yeah, it gets more expensive by the day. Yeah. And (laughs) as you know, Savannah has no shortage of haunted locations. So this week, we'll be exploring four more destinations. If you recall, last week, we talked about the historic Savannah Theater, which was designed by architect William Jay. Jay actually designed two other buildings in Savannah, and one of them is said to be haunted. And that first building on our stop is going to be none other than... The Owens Thomas House. So this is the first house we'll be covering, and it's said to have more ghosts per square foot than any other in Savannah. Can you believe that? I think that every single house says that in some form or or fashion. ghosts per square foot. Like, how do they quantify that? Like, They probably had a team of contractors come in (laughs) and say, all right, boys, we got to measure and make sure how many ghosts we have. And then they got a guy like named David that came in off the street, had a bandana on. Oh, I know that guy. No hat. And he's like, I'll tell you what, you line them up right here. Give me my tape. So That's how we do it in the South. The Owens Thomas House is located in Oglethorpe Square at 124 Abercorn Street. Sounds dignified. It is. Anything on Abercorn Street is fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. So the year was 1816, and William Jay was only 24 years old when he sent blueprints over from England for this Regency-style home. 24 years old? Yes, and he's already like this. But he's already designing houses. Yes. You know what I was doing at 24? Um, you should. <laughs> That's been a long time ago. I was in a garage playing a guitar. Oh, well. And it wasn't any good. <laughs> Designing houses. His style was made to mimic his hometown in Bath, England. William J. arrived in Savannah shortly after the foundation was laid for the house, and construction was completed in 1819. Next to the house is the oldest intact urban slave quarters in the entire country. The first owner of the house was a banker and cotton salesman named Richard Richardson. Sounds like a salesman if I've ever heard one. (laughs) He moved into the house with his wife, their six kids, And nine slaves. Sounds like a sitcom. (laughs) I don't think it was that funny. 
well, I didn't mean in a funny kind well, of way. Well, sitcoms are usually funny. Oh, I don't watch much TV like that, I guess. It wasn't long until tragedy struck the family as his wife and two of their children died. That sounds like every single every story, story that yes. we tell. Every week, the wife and the, the wife children. and the children deceased. Then the following year in 1820, the Great Savannah Fire ravaged the city, destroying over 400 buildings along with the city's economy. This caused Richardson to lose most of his wealth, and the house was repossessed. Repossessed? Or just possessed? possessed. (laughs) The next owner was a lady named Mary Maxwell. She turned the home into a boarding house. One of the most famous guests to stay here was a French aristocrat and military officer for the Revolutionary War named Marquis de Lafayette. Or do you mean Marquis? That's who I'm talking about. You know that uh, some of our friends, they have a son who's, how old would you say he is? I think he's 12. He's 12. He calls me French Uncle Brett. Yeah. (laughs) So I just thought I should say that. (laughs) And I don't know why he just does. It makes no sense. (laughs) He just looked at me one day and he's like, like, French Uncle Brett. (laughs) Yeah, he likes to do that. So Lafayette made an inspiring speech from the balcony of the Owens Thomas House to the citizens of Savannah. We've actually been there and yeah. seen that. Remember when that? When you say that, I just picture this grand, I know, like Roman amphitheater, <laughs> and there's a like a, a guy standing up there in a robe, and he's looking down at his subjects, and he's like blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then we walk by this balcony, and it's like six <laughs> feet off the ground. <laughs> well, it's higher than that because remember horses and stuff. Okay, back six in the day. and a half feet <laughs> off the ground. I mean, I could jump up there and climb up on it. I just, it's not quite as impressive to think about as as it reads. Although it is impressive it to is look impressive. at. It's not 20 feet off the ground like you would think it would be. After eight years of being a boarding house, it was sold to a man named George Welshman Owens. That sounds like a assumed name to me. <laughs> for $10,000, which in today's money is approximately $305,000. Or in my calculations and estimations, approximately three hundred and five. dollars He was a lawyer who practiced in Savannah and also served as mayor and later a representative for the state of Georgia. He had 15 slaves living in the slaves' quarters. Half of them were children. Upon his death in 1956, he left the house to his granddaughter, Margaret Thomas, hence the name Owens Thomas. That seems to make sense on the surface. (laughs) She lived in the house until her death in 1951. She had no children of her own, so she willed the house to the Telfair Academy of Arts and Sciences to be used as a museum. It opened as a museum in 1954 and is still in operation today. How very philanthropic of her. Her only um, requirement was that it carry her grandfather and father's names. Okay. Owens Thomas. Well, that sounds like a paint company. Yeah, it does, actually. Owens Thomas Paint. Being in the historic district of Savannah and witnessing so much tragedy like fires, epidemics, slavery, this means the house is still home to many ghosts. Yes. One ghost likes to hang out in the dining room. After the staff has cleaned up for the day and left, they will return to overturned chairs and silverware and tablecloths in disarray. Seems the ghosts like to party late at night. Okay, you know what this sounds like to me? What? This sounds like that guy from Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil is just coming in and staking his claim. You know the lawyer guy that just like <laughs> oh, yeah. went in houses? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Claim jumped on him. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, what is going on here? There's somebody <laughs> been here. Yeah. Joe, what was his name? Joe Odom. Joe Odom, yeah. Another ghost is the Lady in Gray. 
This is believed to be the ghost of Margaret Thomas. She wears a gray dress, hence the name, along with a gray shawl and a large hat. They usually see her wandering around the garden where she spent much of her time. It's said that her deathbed is still in the house, so that may be why her spirit is still tied to the house. That I think I would have gotten rid of that. Source of spiritual energy. What have you got in this room? Well, we've got this nice antique lamp and we've got this boudoir over here that you can do your makeup in. And here's the bed that the lady died in. <laughs> we didn't even change the sheets. <laughs> there is also a ghost of a disheveled man with jet black hair from the 1830s. He hangs around in the parlor watching guests come and go before he disappears by walking through a wall. So how do they know he's from the 1830s? That's what I'm saying. Like, I get like if 1930s dress, but like, how do you differentiate 1830s from 1840s style? Maybe, Is there a thing? Like, do people really know that? Maybe back then it's just sort of like, you know, how Old Navy every year has a t-shirt with an American <laughs> oh, okay. flag on it. It just it has, has the year, the year. On the <laughs> It seems one ghost was unable to kick his nicotine habit even in death as there are reports of hearing a match strike and a puff of cigarette smoke appearing, then disappearing. The witnesses said they even smelled the tobacco. It seems to be a recurring theme at haunted places in Savannah, smelling tobacco. Yeah. You know, because they, like they smelled it at the Forsyth Park Inn mm -hmm. in that room yeah, that yeah. had the secret fireplace tiles that they pulled up yeah. to find all those letters we talked about in the ghost box. Jim Williams who was an antique dealer in Savannah and the subject of the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, had his own ghostly encounter at the Owens Thomas house. Oh, do tell. He was visiting a friend who was renting a room in the house. Along with a business partner, they went upstairs and they were sitting on the couches deep in conversation when a strange man appeared in the back of the room. Were they playing psycho dice? Probably. We'll tell you all about that in a future episode. Aha! He was, he was wearing a riding coat and boots and had a riding crop in his hand. He walked around the room impatiently for about 10 minutes before coming over to the couch where Jim Williams sat. He got so close to Jim that he was able to see the ghost had blue eyes and that he was sweating. Jim later joked that only in Savannah would even the ghost sweat. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much Must sense. Must have been in August or something. The man in the riding coat eventually left by walking through a wall. About a week later, William's friend had another encounter with the ghost and decided to move out. So I sort of see it like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, <laughs> like you walk through the wall, and then they're like trying to follow him. Oh, let's go. And like Jim Williams like ran face first into the wall. Just fell on the That's floor. probably exactly how it happened. That's how it played out I mean, in my like, head. You have a 10 minute long encounter with the ghost. Like I think I would like take a picture. Yeah. Where well, they didn't have cell phones back then, but well, they could have run and got a Polaroid. Yeah, they could have. But I mean, like, wouldn't you like try to be like, hey, what are you doing here? What hey, you, hey, what's what do you the want? lottery numbers? What you want? If you tour the house, they recommend that you take photos as many guests have captured strange images. And here's a tip. When you take photos. Don't take, use the flash. Don't take flash. And take multiple pictures. Yes. In a row. In a row. Go, go burst. Like, ta -ta 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 -ta. Yeah. Because that. Third out of six is the one where the ghost is going to be wearing a shirt that says Old Navy, 1830. Exactly. <laughs> of course, you're going to find orbs in your photos. But one lady claims she captured an oversized face in the window. Okay, I don't want to see that. In another photo, she claims there appears to be quarters falling from the sky. In her last photo, it shows a ghostly blonde girl with the reflection of the camera flash in her eyes. She was wearing a tattered blue dress and was standing right next to another tour guest. 
That would creep me out. Yeah. Guests and staff also report feeling cold spots and having the feeling that they're being followed by the eyes of the numerous paintings throughout the house. Yes, gets more Scooby-Doo. Every yeah, that is exactly like that. Yeah. Like so, Zoics, when you're making your way down to the kitchen. So with all the activity in the main house, you would expect the slaves' quarters to be haunted too, right? I would. Well, you'd be wrong. It isn't haunted. Apparently, the slaves didn't like ghosts, so they painted the ceilings with haint blue paint, which we've discussed in a previous episode. I already said that this house sounds like it should be a paint company. Yeah. It seems the ghosts don't like to cross water, so the blue paint mimics water and keeps them out. Foolish ghosts. So maybe Savannah should invest in some haint blue paint if they want to keep the ghosts out of their houses. Yeah, but then who's going to come down here? I, know. I mean, other than today when everybody came down here to get drunk and watch a parade. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody but us. Yeah. We got to go down to the beach for the first time. In a yeah, while. it was very nice. I even put my toes in the water and it was, it was cold. cold. It was so cold. But it was warm enough that I could walk there in shorts. Yeah. So today, the Owens Thomas House is part of the Telfair Academy of Arts and Sciences. The other buildings associated with this are the Telfair Mansion and the Jepson Center for the Arts. You can buy one ticket and visit all three locations, and they're all within walking distance of each other. So that's important because yeah, it is. You don't Savannah's have to hop big. on a trolley just to go to your next museum stop. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get to check that out soon. Yeah, so that's going to bring us to the next house on our tour of haunted houses in Savannah. Right? It is. That's going to be known as. The Kehoe House. Located in Columbia Square on Habersham Street, this house is truly stunning. It has a dark red brick facade with Corinthian columns. It has variegated roof, which means different colors, and even has a turret, which you can find on castles. This one does not have a machine gun nest. No, though. it doesn't. It was built for William Kehoe, who was an Irish immigrant. He was a very skilled iron worker and eventually bought and ran the foundry in Savannah, making him a very wealthy man. This seems to be an ongoing theme of all these houses. Yeah. These guys are like, They're well, all- I'm the first person to put a steamship across the ocean. <laughs> and then this guy's like, I'm joining the Confederacy. And then this other ghost is like, am I going to put a thousand gravestones under a restaurant? I don't know. What is the deal with these people? They're very talented and skilled people. His ironwork skills are featured prominently in the design of the Kehoe house. He purchased the land for the home for $950. That's a steal. Which is over $25,000 today. Still a steal. The cost to build the home was (laughs) $25,000, which in today's money would be around $850,000. Okay, not so much of a steal anymore. So it was a lot of money. Yeah, that was a lot of money. William and his wife and 10 children occupied the house from 1892 until their heirs sold it in 1930. Over the years, it was a funeral home, a boarding house, and was even owned by football great Joe Namath. Because what that. has he not either owned <laughs> or pitched a product for? Oh, no. You need denture cream? I got it right here. You remember <laughs> I was in the Super Bowl in 1923? <laughs> He's not that old. 1927. 1960 something. Yeah. Today, it is a beautiful bed and breakfast and is on our list of places to stay downtown. Hopefully for our anniversary. Yeah. If they have any vacancy. Probably not. Well, we better get on that quick. You want to know about the ghosts? I always want to know about the ghosts. 
Big ghost is calling. <laughs> they got the answer right here. So why is it haunted, though? Possibly because it was once a funeral home. People report smelling perfume drifting through the hallways. Maybe they're covering up the smell. Ah, as a funeral bodies. home. Is that what funeral homes do? I don't I know. mean, you're... Your grandma used to be friends with uh, oh, yeah. somebody that was a florist and was in the funeral homes all the time, right? Yeah, I don't know why he would like pick up dead bodies, take to the funeral home for some reason. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> a, a weird skit. Thing. Not a skit, but an episode from Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, it does so much. <laughs> yeah, I saw too many did. dead bodies as a child. It, it's probably why I have a fascination with true crime. Or it could be the cause of other things. I don't know. What are you saying? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Others say that they are touched while sleeping. They also have a feeling of being watched. The most popular story is that of children playing and laughing in the hallways, usually late at night, as those rascals do. They would, except. It is a bed and breakfast, but it's 21 plus, so there are never any kids staying here. The popular explanation for this is that two of the Kehoe children were twins and were accidentally burned up in the chimney. How do you accidentally, accidentally burn up in the chimney? <laughs> it seems the mother came home and couldn't find the two children anywhere. So immediately starting a fire? Is that what they did? <laughs> so when the family later, and they don't specify what later I is, know, they probably like within the last the five minutes. can't find the twins. Let's start a, a fire. It's cold. Here. Let's get the fire going. <laughs> What'd you say, Paul? And he's like, I don't know. I've got to go hang myself with two. <laughs> i got to make sure I'm standing in one of his grand windows here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When the family later started a fire in the fireplace, they noticed the awful smell of burning flesh. This story is likely untrue, as there is no evidence to back up the story. But ghost tour guides love to keep retelling it. What's worse than a ghost child? Twins. Twin ghosts. Twin ghosts. Two of them. I hate them. Mm. No, I love them. And I went on TripAdvisor and read reviews to see how many guests experienced anything paranormal. It seems the majority of the guests don't, or maybe they're just not being honest. Yeah, I read through tons of them, and it's like most of them say no. Yeah. But there are some that do. Yeah. There were some that said they heard children playing. One reviewer said the alarm clock in the room went off at 3 a.m., even though it wasn't set to go off. We know from previous haunted places that ghosts like to mess with electronics. Yeah, wasn't that what that one, where were we? The Forsyth? The Forsyth? No. no, that was the Foley House. Foley House. The guy the said Foley his alarm House. clock was going off for no even reason. Even though it had no battery. Yes, yeah. And it wasn't plugged it up. It wasn't plugged up, yeah. You know, as things do around here, yeah, it's, apparently. Yeah, it's not that unusual. Another guest named Drew49. I'm going to think that that's probably not his actual name. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Left this review. On our first night there, the water faucets kept going off and on in the bathroom. Now that would be kind of freaky. And the following morning, the bathroom fan and light switched on on its own. In addition. Faulty wiring. Several people at the breakfast table reported strange things happening in their rooms as well. If you want to find out for yourself if this place is actually haunted, and they say that room 203 is supposed to be the queen mother of the haunted rooms. I think house. it's a Juliet Gordon Lowe room, actually. They have like a Tybee room. They have uh -huh. all kinds of like things like that. 
We do plan to stay there in the near future, so we'll let you know if we see twin ghosts. I hope so. I have a feeling that we probably will. Because <laughs> At least hear them I playing. don't want to see Because you don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a spirit box. I will. My birthday is coming up. I know. That's going to bring us to Haunted House number three, and that's going to be... The Davenport House. Tell me about the Davenport. It's located in Columbia Square on East State Street. This next house is pretty tame as far as ghosts go, but it does have a couple, and one of them is not a person, but a cat. A cat. So I found that interesting. I haven't heard of a ghost cat before. Have you? No. No? I don't think so. But I have a feeling it's going to ruin my experiences with cats. (laughs) So this house was built in 1820 by Rhode Island native Isaiah Davenport. He incorporated Georgia-style architecture into the federal style of this home. He was revered by the other architects of his day, and it was said that no other could match his skill set. So you got the ironwork guy over there. You got this guy. So you got a lot of... And you got John Wesley in the other square, the founder of Methodism. Yeah. This guy was known as Savannah's Master Builder. He was pretty important. He actually served as a city alderman from 1817 to 1822. But unfortunately, he died from yellow fever in 1827 at the age of 43. Well, it was either that or fire. I guess he decided to go out (laughs) a little bit longer. Yeah. More painful way. He was initially buried in Colonial Park Cemetery, but he was later moved to Laurel Grove Cemetery. He left behind his wife, Sarah, and their six children. Sarah had to turn the home into a boarding house in order to support herself and the children. She eventually sold the home to the Banyan family in 1840 for $8,000, which today is approximately $260. (laughs) Add some zeros. $260,000. Good job. The home had fallen into disrepair and was scheduled to be torn down in the 1950s. But a group of women got together and petitioned for the home to be restored. I wonder if that's a wives club. Don't you just see like the um, the women on like uh, Andy Griffith's show with their picket signs? Oh, yeah. They're coming. They can't We're big fans of Andy house. Griffith. Thankfully, it was restored and is still here for us today to enjoy. It's a museum and you can tour it daily. Now, let's talk about the cat. The no cat. one knows whose cat this was. But, but doesn't that apply to every cat yeah. everywhere? It's like, whose cat is that? On Tyview, like, we have a ton of feral cats. Yeah. Yeah, so they probably have them here, too. I don't know whose cat that is. Why is there a cat <laughs> on a refrigerator? How do we have a refrigerator? It's the 1800s. <laughs> who can answer these questions? I'll tell you who can. Big ghost. This cat is said to be a white and orange tabby. He randomly appears following the tour guides around, seemingly walking through walls to get from one room to the next. Now, how does someone not capture this on video is what I want to know. Because you can't capture it on video. The same reason you can't get the hoop skirt girl that's in the haunted theater of Savannah. <laughs> yeah, but you think you could cut outsmart a cat? It's not a matter of smarts. It's a matter of you're not paying enough. <laughs> All you're going to see is the smoke. You're not going to see okay, the I want to see this ghost cat for myself. You hate cats. I know, but I like ghosts, so I want to see a ghost cat. If, if it was a ghost, a ghost dog, dog, oh yes, I would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. This cat seems to like small children. Sometimes only kids can see him, and adults will see a kid petting an invisible cat that only they can see, so that's pretty weird. Which sounds like something a kid would do. Yeah. He also likes to sit around in the windows. Besides the ghost cat, guests report hearing disembodied voices and phantom footsteps. A gray hazy mist sometimes appears in the gift shop and forms loosely into a human shape. That would be kind of weird. That must be the cat servant, (laughs) which is what we call 
cat owners in yeah. general. There's also the ghost of a young girl. She appears in the windows or playing in the garden. One day, a tour group saw the girl outside and thought she was a real child that had gotten separated from her group. But when they approached her, she vanished into thin air. Again, creepy ghost children. There goes big ghost at it again. Maybe that's her cat. Maybe she's looking for her cat. Who knows? Maybe she is the cat. Maybe she transforms from little girl to to cat whenever she feels like to it. To Wendigos. <laughs> is that how you say it? Wendigo. 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 To a Wendigo. 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 I don't know. You know what a Wendigo is? Give us a call. I've heard of it before. I like Chupacabras, though. I like Chupacabras. You remember it was like the first season of Supernatural. So it was a great show we used to watch. It's got Monster of the Week episodes, and the Wendigo was on oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was the second episode, actually. Yeah, it was a while back. So that's going to bring us to, this is the fourth locale. This is you. This is me. Mm-hmm. The Willink House. The Willink House. All right. One more house we're going to talk about today is one I've clearly never heard of. <laughs> you haven't. It's called the Willink House. You're learning all about it right now as we go. Exactly. This one is not a large mansion and lacks the ornate details we typically find in these historic homes, but it does have an interesting little story. It's a small white cottage that looks like it belongs in Cape Cod rather than the Deep South. Now, I know that you wrote this script because that is not something I would probably have said. This house was once the home of a shipbuilder named Henry Willink. He, along with his partner, Arthur Miller, built ships for the Confederacy during the Civil War. However, his ships weren't (laughs) always functional. Their first gift to the Confederates was the CSS Georgia, also known as the Ladies' Gunboat. At a whopping $115,000, equal to over $1.8 million today, or a bottle of ketchup in today's government <laughs> money, one would expect a first-class ship. Unfortunately, and to everyone's shock, <laughs> the vessel was a clunky mess. The CSS Georgia was so dense with armor and artillery that it just wasn't practical. The company launched a PR campaign as damage control, claiming that the ship was meant to function as a floating battery and not a warship, but nobody was buying it. Yeah, who needs a warship in wartime anyway? I don't know. That's just crazy talk right there is what it is. Deep in the nightmare of their first failure, Willink and Miller were already working (laughs) on the second ironclad ship for the Confederacy. This time, they were determined to learn from the mistakes of their last project, but they didn't. (laughs) Their next ship, the CSS Savannah, didn't do much better. Like its predecessor, it was large, clunky, and difficult to maneuver down the narrow, windy rivers of coastal Georgia. And God forbid you were called to man the crew in the Savannah. The interior was hot, humid. And as all good ships do, (laughs) it leaked. Yes. Crew members complained that being inside the ship was like standing dead center in the middle of the swamp. The Confederates ended up sinking (laughs) both ships themselves in 1864, presumably to save face in case the Union forces captured the ship and hoped (laughs) for something useful. Both the CSS Georgia and the CSS Savannah were destroyed near the old Fort Jackson to prevent capture. 
So despite his failures, he was still quite <laughs> proud of his work and was wildly successful. He had a good PR campaign going. He had a wife. And he wanted to show her his workplace, so he invited her to come see the shipyard where they built these useless <laughs> boats. As they were walking around, his wife tripped on some stairs. Those old stairs in Savannah are no joke. The stone stairs yes, of death. I believe this. Like At first, you'd be like, well, how does someone trip and fall down these stairs? Well, you've never well, seen I'm gonna them. I'm going to post a picture. I just got to. Yeah, they're, yeah, if you've never experienced that yourself, you really don't can't. ever try walking in heels down these stairs. You actually, well, your ears will pop from the elevation <laughs> change just going up four steps because they go straight up. It's Yeah, they crazy. even have to warn you with signs that say use at your own risk. Historic well, steps. Yeah. They do have signs on them these days to warn people. <laughs> they do. But we don't heed those warnings, do we? We use them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We live dangerously. I don't recommend that for older people oh, no. or small children. You will use it your own risk. As you do. She fell into the Savannah River and drowned. <laughs> well, that's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Because you're twisted. <laughs> you demanded. It's like popping a pimple. You it's can't stop yourself. Funny. It was just funny you talking yeah. about falling downstairs. It's just the way I say things. <laughs> he tried to save her, but he couldn't because she was wearing a heavy dress that was popular at the time. After this, he began seeing her ghost, usually late at night. He would run out of the house, letting the door slam behind him and race to the shipyard. He would see her hovering over the spot where she fell. Once he reached out to touch her, and he fell into the river, nearly drowning himself. <laughs> These days, neighbors report still hearing the sounds of Henry Willink running off late at night towards the shipyard, doors slamming behind him, even when no one is in the home. It's a privately owned home today, so there are no ghost tours. But maybe we can walk by... Take a few yeah, pictures. I feel like we've seen it. Like and run down some historic stairs. <laughs> yes. I want to see how close it is to the shipyard. Like, how could he see your ghost unless he's really close? It's got to be close to... Well, where is the shipyard? Well, it has to be on the river. Well, it said Fort Jackson, right? Or that's where they destroyed No, them, that's where they destroyed the boat. Which is a little further south yeah, that's too down far. the river. Yeah. I feel like we've seen this house. It's really cute. We might have. Like when we were walking to the Kroger that one day or whatever. Could have been. We'll have to check into our records and yeah. check the ship's log. That's going to end our tour of the day for the haunted houses of Savannah. Not all of them. That's just some of them that we pulled up. There's the going to be plenty supply. more. Like I told you, the McDonald's. Haunted. <laughs> or you've got to find out if that McDonald's is haunted A for super you. size combo. It's Are scary. Hungry? <laughs> how much it's going to Actually, I am kind of hungry, which is weird because we ate a yeah, whole ate. dinner before we came here. But I did use a vacuum cleaner, so that takes a lot out of you. Yeah, you were working pretty hard. Or hardly working. <laughs> I know that's how they say it down south. It is. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our episode that we like to call, insert graphic here, What, what we're, we're watching. watching. Yeah. And this week, we watched another stellar piece of cinema. And we, we found this one on the Shutter app, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And once again, Shutter, give me a call. Check out my social Sponsor media. Us. Sponsor <laughs> us. Send me a coupon for a free month or yeah, something. something. I mean, anything. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can. So, Crystal, would you like to tell us about this movie? 
Yes, this week we watched the 1995 comedy horror anthology, Tales from the Hood, produced by Spike Lee. You know, I love an anthology. Because it's short. It is short and to the point. Well, segments are. Yeah. And this one didn't disappoint. Despite being a comedy, it actually had some moral lessons to be learned. I was surprised. Like, it really did, like, have some good stories. When this movie starts and you you watch it, you think, just by the title alone, this movie's either going to be completely ridiculously comedic, yeah. like uh, Damon Wayans, yeah. is that the guy? Like, yeah. one of those kind of movies. Or it's going to be something so hardcore that it's probably, wow, that made me feel bad watching it. Yeah. You, you don't think it's going to be a mix of yeah. Of all they did the a really good, good job. things, and it really did. The basic story is there are these three drug dealers, and they show up at a mortuary to buy some drugs. Like, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an eccentric owner, as there always is. He yeah. takes them on a tour of the mortuary, stopping at different coffins and telling the stories of the unfortunate deceased. I love this guy. Yeah, he's really this guy's he hilarious. Really, well, who was that, Lawrence Fishburne? Or who was, was that? Was it Lawrence Fishburne? I don't know who it was. It looked like him. I don't know. Uh, he looked like the dude from The Matrix. So each tale was unique and interesting. The second story features David Allen Greer, which we always love. He did a great job. The third story was the most ridiculous. It has the KKK and voodoo dolls. Need I say more? It was Clarence Williams the third. Oh, okay. Well, he looks a lot like He just like looks guy. a lot like somebody else. Yeah, I he guess. does. He did a great job. It has a twist ending, which I sort of saw coming. Did you see it? Oh, I figured something like that was going to happen. I didn't figure it yeah. would be as corny yeah. as it turned out to be. Yeah. But, but it was a fitting it, it ending. Did, yeah, it did a good job. I really enjoyed the movie. It had a lot of cheesy comedy moments, and the mortuary owner was amazing. And like I said, it did have some lessons to be learned. Yeah. I would give this movie 10 out of 12 dog treats. It's like I said, I love anthologies, short stories that get to the point and end up tying together in an interesting way. I definitely recommend watching this one. And how would you rate it? Well, as you were talking, I Googled the actor that played the mortician. Oh, yeah. And I know why now I have increased the rating of this show okay. by three and a half stars is because he was in... I'm going to get you, sucker. One of my top five oh, favorite yes. movies. I forgot of about all that time. movie. It's just hilarious. My rating for this movie is from a scale of one to a potential 12 arbitrarily chosen dog treats. I would have to say on this one, I'm going to give it an, a little lower than the others. I'm, I'm going to probably go with a, an eight. Really? I, I like the movie. Mm-hmm. And. The ending, like you said, was a little bit predictable, but it doesn't make the movie any less good. It's uh, I like movies that surprise me mm-hmm. and have a twist usually. And that well, it did have a little twist. It was a little bit of a twist, but it was sort of telegraphed from the very beginning of the show, don't you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Really? But- I mean, you sort of figured what happens. We won't tell you, but what happens is what happens. Yeah. And when it happens, you're like. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. All right, here's the big mm-hmm. thing. And now turn around, look at this guy. Let's see. Let's see it happen. <laughs> and and it just happens. And but that does not mean don't watch this movie. It's weird in the way it does tell like a moral story in each thing. Like yeah. the, there's a certain the certain one that had David Allen Greer in it mm-hmm. when you find out it's about, you know, a monster that this kid's mm-hmm. having issues with. And then you find out what the monster is. Yeah. 
And you're like, wow, that's pretty deep. They did that mm-hmm. pretty well. And it is so weird for me to see David Allen Greer in a serious role. I know. It was like scary. Because he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he was scary. He's a great comedian. Mm-hmm. His delivery, I swear, he, I think he has one of the best deliveries of lines yeah, of any person I have ever heard. I guess I'm going to have to change my rating to 13.6. Oh, because I said that I was going to give it the ratings no, for the. If you uh, add a eight plus three is eleven. Okay, it's thirteen point six, <laughs> and I the script says that I should do six crunches on the table and tell Crystal she's the best person ever. I didn't write that, but you, to go ahead and do it. I wrote that. Yeah, you know I can't do a crunch. Come on. It's a good movie. Check it out. You can find it on Shutter. Yes, check it out. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our episode where we talk about. Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. So tell us about these beasts and what they've been up to this so week. So they were a little disappointed this week. We were going to take them to Bonaventure, but we got rained out. So hopefully next week we'll get a chance to get over there. The azaleas and are see all the, be dead. I know, like the azaleas only bloom for like two weeks and we got to get over there and see them. Yeah, last time we made it out there, we got out there like two weeks after the azaleas mm-hmm. and there were still some blooming and we're like, next year we'll be there. I know. Yeah, things just happen. Life kicks you in the face. Life sometimes punches your throat in its mouth. So I finally swapped Coffee's mouth for her DNA test. Speaking of mouths. And got that mailed off. So we should have her results in a couple of weeks. She was much easier to test than Layla. And she like kept trying to lick the swabs. She probably would have eaten the swab. Yeah, she was like. (laughs) She loved it. What she did to that popsicle stick the day I had. So I'm excited to see what she is. I already told you she's a wharf rat. You think she's a wharf rat? Yeah. We also gave them their first bark box today. We did, and it was a stunning success. Yeah, they loved it. They managed to destroy the toys straight away. So well, not they. Well what yeah. happened was, and if you watch the video, you'll see that I hand one toy to Layla and one toy to Coffee. And they're both very excited. Yes. And they ran downstairs. Well, no. well Layla went on the Layla porch. Layla took hers outside on the porch. And then Coffee ran to our bedroom yeah. and got up on the bed and started chewing her toy. And we walked down there, and she's just gnawing on it, chewing on it. And Crystal went to take a shower or something. And then I turn around and go back in my office to do something to get our podcast gear together. Come back in the room, and the toy is obliterated Mm -hmm. that's sitting beside coffee. So I just assume she tore her her toy to shreds. No. And then I look at it, and um, Crystal holds up coffee's toy. And I said, wait. She was chewing on that when I walked out of the room. Well, apparently what had happened, and she loves to do this, is the instant we turn our back on them, she left her pristine toy on the bed, jumped down there, took Layla's toy, and absolutely obliterated it. it. Yeah, it's in a million pieces on her bed, which we're going to clean up when we get home, and it's after midnight. Which makes her so happy. It's only 12.08. I know. It's today, not yesterday. Oh, it's Ethan's birthday now. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to Ethan. our number one son. We know you aren't listening, but happy birthday. <laughs> well, how could he? It's 12.08. I know, but he wouldn't listen to it ever. <laughs> well, you know how kids are. Well, at least one of ours listens. Yeah. So we highly recommend BarkBox, don't we? Yeah, they loved it. When they had a bunch of treats in there, too, we haven't got to that. We'll give them some tomorrow. So that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you for being with us for this. And we want to bring back up our contest that we talked about, which is actually a monthly thing now. We're going to be giving away your choice of either a t-shirt or a coffee mug. And all you have to do is go to our website, find the tab that says giveaway, 
And there will be three questions you need to answer there. If you fill out that form, send it to us with your answers, and then go to the latest YouTube video and comment on the video saying that you've sent those answers to us, like and subscribe to our page. At the end of the month, we will pick one lucky winner to get their choice of either a free shirt or coffee mug. Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. Yeah. So make sure to do that. Check out our website. And that website is www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on social media if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. Thank you. LinkedIn. I was paying attention this time. Business-related inquiries only, of course. <laughs> which... It doesn't matter. Send me anything. I don't care. You got pictures of your dog. We want to see pictures oh, of your yeah. dog. Send us pictures of your dogs, please. We might even start a contest with dog yeah. pictures or cats. We're not going to eliminate any pets. You oh, can yeah. send us anything. He we, likes cats. I like cats. She doesn't, but I love cats. My daughters love cats. Yeah. Well, my sons love cats, too. Yeah. You're really the only outsider in this situation. I, I like dogs. You really should shape up. I'm a dog person. Yeah. Sorry. Well, they do like you, too. They do. Cats do, too, because one of the cats we have will just get it behind you and gnaw yeah, the back of your head. Yeah, she to bite my hair. Now, you can also support us if you go to our webpage in the bottom left corner, look for that yellow icon of the coffee cup, and get Crystal a coffee. You can go there and give her a donation towards her coffee fund. You can also leave us a voicemail directly on our website. You go to it and look at the bottom right-hand side of the page. There's a purple icon with a microphone. Just click on that. Leave us a voicemail. We'd like to hear from you. If you want to give us any updates on the show, any corrections, if you are, in fact, Big Ghost. A big alien. Still waiting for that Big phone alien call. has not caught us yet, but that's how Big Alien rolls. Sometime we will get that call. It's going to happen Maybe eventually. Maybe when Andrew's episode airs, they might want to reach out. Now my little brother gets on here. It's going to get weird. Yeah, it's going to get real weird. Yeah, real weird, real fast. Yeah. So I think that just wraps it up for us, except for that one last thing that we always have to do. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. That's right, they do. Now I got to go get on them historic stairs and take a trip to the ocean. <laughs> the river. The river.